Good to see you all here. How many mothers out there had their husbands or kids make their lunch for them this, this afternoon? Oh, shame on all the dads. If you're not a good cook, do what I did. I went to Dairy Queen, so I, uh, I picked up dinner on the way home. I did not, I'm not a good cook, and my wife knows that. So I made sure I picked it up on the way home. So, okay, guys, get on it. Tonight, you still have a chance. There's still another meal tonight, and uh, you make sure you, you do that for your mom. So uh, they've, they've done much more than that for you, so make sure you guys get on that. All right, hope you had a good afternoon and a good Mother's Day. We are thankful for our moms, and uh, so I called my mom this afternoon, and uh, my mother-in-law as well, so always a good time to be able to celebrate our moms, even though we should do that every day. So a lot of announcements, all right, so bear with me as we kind of fly through these a little bit. So if you're first time visiting us here in person, please stop by our welcome desk. We have a gift we'd like to give to you. If you're joining us for the first time online, please uh, either scan the QR code there, or go to sbtindy.org slash contacts. We want to get a record of your visit and just uh, find out where you're watching from. It's kind of fun for us to see that. And uh, anything we can do for you, we'd love to do that. The teen camp campaign. So we've got uh, envelopes out there you can give. Um, as we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, uh, we had an idea given to us about giving your age. And so uh, however old you may be, I'll, I'll wrap myself out. I would be 27. So I'm going to give $27, all right? And so whatever your age may be currently, um, give. There is a, you can give online as well. You don't just have to give through the envelopes, but if you do give online, make sure there's a drop-down arrow and go to Teen Camp Contribution, all right? If you just don't do that, it'll just go straight into the general fund, and the teenagers will never see it, all right? And so make sure if you do give online, go to do the drop-down arrow and Teen Camp Contribution, but you can also give in the envelope out there as well. Our Caregiver Resources class is going on again this Thursday, and we have a special guest speaker this Thursday. Our own very own uh, Mr. John Dice will be speaking this Thursday. So if you're interested in that, he'll be, I'm assuming, talking about some funeral arrangements and stuff like that. So uh, always a great time to hear from him. And uh, so that's this Thursday at 7 p.m. Graduation Sunday is May 28th. We've got 11 high school graduates and five, I think, uh, college graduates. So a couple more that Pastor forgot about. So I think we have five college graduates. And uh, so they'll all be up here. We'll be able to um, hear what their future plans are. Um, or current plans if they're already older. Um, but that's coming up May 28th, and with that comes Promotion Sunday as well. So every grade will move up. So the seniors that graduate move into my group, sixth graders move into the youth group, and so on and so forth. All right? So that is also on Sunday, May 28th, so all of them will move up Promotion Sunday. Coming up in just a couple weeks, I think it's four weeks from today, is uh, Revival, and uh, three weeks? Four weeks. Three weeks from today, excuse me, is uh, Revival. And uh, we're going to start everything off that Sunday morning for Sunday school. We're going to be a little different. All the ladies will be in here um, for a time with Beth Lee Young, uh, Brother Dave's wife. And then all the men will be in the fellowship hall to hear from Brother Dave. So that will be all teenagers all the way through all the adult science classes. So 930 will be a split session, ladies in here, men in the fellowship hall. Um, just a great time to kick off our revival for that. And then we'll have our morning service 1045 and then our evening service at 6. And then every night, Monday through Friday, will be 6 o'clock, which is the meal here. And uh, that allows you, if you work, um, to not try to figure out how to feed your family. You can come here and eat for free. Uh, if you are willing and able to help with that, please see either Pastor or myself. We can get you connected with the right people uh, if you are able to help out with the meals. But then the service will follow at 7 o'clock. And then refresh, which is for the teenagers, will happen every night after that. We have our revival prayer meetings as well. And so you can sign up uh, in between the two sides of the building. On the left there, there's a sign-up sheet. We kind of adapted all the different um, times to see if we can fit everyone's schedule, and so sign up. We'd love, Pastor would love to have everybody that is a regular church attender, which would be tonight. I think everyone here is a regular church attender. We'd love to have everybody um, start praying for revival. We're praying for something special to happen in our church, uh, not just that we get through it, um, but that 
something special happening to each and every one of our hearts. And so be praying for that even now for revival to come. One more announcement before I get to the missionaries of the week. Um, Awana, this Wednesday, is the Grand Prix. And so if you walked out in the lobby, you probably saw a bunch of Grand Prix cars that were made. We need your help, all right? We need you guys to vote for your favorite cars tonight, all right? I don't know how, but the instructions are on the table, all right? So if you can read, it's the place to go. So go out after everyone that's here. Please vote for your favorite cars uh, so they can have some prizes and stuff for that on Wednesday. But the instructions are on the table for that. And so make sure you check those out. Always a great time for the kids for that. Our missionaries of the week are John and Sue Conrad with the Carpenters Project. As Pastor mentioned this morning, they build, um, help building projects for various churches ac- across the world. Um, but one other thing that they do is what they call the Timothy Project. And what they do is they take some of the support money that we give to them, and they actually sponsor national pastors. And so they sponsor national pastors in really difficult areas of the world, such as Myanmar, Ethiopia, um, various places like that. And so... Uh, you can read their letter. There's some pictures of families and national pastors that are doing great work that we help support through the Carpenters Project. And so we're looking forward to um, hearing more about them as the time comes. So we'll have the ushers come forward at this time to receive the offering. <clears throat> and we'll have uh, Brother Randy pray for the missionaries of the week and then also for the offering as well. Jesus for our Savior. And Father, we thank you tonight that we have a great privilege of just assembling together, loving one another, worshiping our Savior and our God. And Father, we thank you for those that uh, care for others, that reach out to help people. Father, we have some very needy people, people that need a lot of encouragement. So we lift them up tonight that you will just comfort their hearts and give peace and courage and healing. And Father, I pray for revival. We need revival. Oh God, I pray that you would revive my heart. Just stir me to love you more. And then Father, I pray for John and Sue. They do a great ministry in faraway places, building. Building lives too. So we thank you for them. Just bless them. Father, we thank you now for this uh, privilege of taking the offering. So we pray that you will bless the gift and the giver for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While we're taking the offering, we're going to sing our first congregational song, which is How Great Thou Art. You can remain seated as the offering will sing three verses of How Great Thou Art.
All right, we're down a little bit. It's Mother's Day. We expect that. Everybody's going to go visit Mom and Grandma and Aunts and all that kind of stuff. But you're here. We appreciate it. Anybody have a birthday this last week or an anniversary this last week? Last week we had like a ton. Miss Carrie? Birthday? When was your birthday? The 10th with Dennis and Gail. Oh, wow. The 10th with Dennis and Gail, but they're just call them out since they're not here. So. <laughs> And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? In August, it'll be 12 years. Wow, praise the Lord. Anyone else? You had a birthday, Mrs. Titus? When was your birthday? May 9th. May 9th. How old are you? Nine. Nine. So it was your golden birthday. Did you realize that? Wow. And how long have you known Jesus as your Savior? What was it? Just a few months, yeah, that's exciting. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Birthdays, anniversaries? Who are you pointing to? Oh, when was your birthday, Ms. Wanda? May the 5th. May the 5th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? What's that? How long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Eighth grade, all right. Well, happy birthday to you. That's wonderful. Anybody else? I'm missing anybody else. All the way in the back, Miss Abby. I know it's Peyton. Peyton. Oh, he's like, yes, that's me. Peyton turned one on Tuesday. Yay, Peyton. <laughs> he's looking like, what is everybody doing? Now he's clapping. All right, there you go. When does Beckham have his next week? Wednesday, this coming week, this coming Wednesday. All right. Who are you pointing to now? Oh, Brother Ken. Anniversary. How many years? 58 years on May the 8th. Wow, and Miss Sharon's not feeling well today. So uh, what's the secret to 58 years, Brother Ken? No secret, just love them. Amen. So there's a song like that. You know that, right? It's... There's a, a musical called Camelot, which you probably never let your kids watch, which is okay. But there's a song there, How to Handle a Woman. You guys know that song? Is to love her, simply love her, merely love her, love her, love her. <laughs> you had to be there. Anyone else? Birthday time. Glad to see David Johnson made it in. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Anybody else? Let's sing happy birthday and happy anniversary. So we do birth anniversary, right? So we're going to combine them together. Happy birth anniversary to you. Happy birth anniversary to you. Happy birth anniversary, God bless you. Happy birth anniversary to you. It is uh, scripture time, and we have Mr. Matthew Fox coming up to read for us. Yes, sir. That's wonderful. To those of the congregation which are able, you may stand for the reading of God's word. The book of Joshua, chapter 2, verses 12, verses 12 through 24. Now therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father 
and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be, when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountains, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your ways. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt blind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father, and thy mother, and thy brethren, and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. And they went, and came unto the mountain, and abode there three days, until the pursuers were returned, and the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned, and descended from the mountain, and passed over, and came to Joshua the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Surely the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. May the Lord prosper his word to where he sent it. You may be seated. Oh, good evening. and uh, Yeah, I'm late. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, this next hymn that you all will be singing and the first one that I'll be singing tonight is uh, Saved by the Blood. And one of my favorite lines of this hymn is in the chorus where it says, uh, My sins are all pardoned. My guilt is all gone. And so let's praise the Lord as we sing Saved by the Blood. Saved by the blood of the crucified one, now ransom from sin and a new work begun. Sing praise to the Father and praise to the Son. Saved by the
And please stand with me as we sing our hymn of the month, I Am Weak, But You Are Strong. Lord, I come with nothing to offer you in my without her, so we're going to sing Amazing Grace. Say 
guys. I want one of those microphones. I don't care which one. Trade you. There you go. All right. <clears throat> We're going to do some impromptu here. You don't mind, right? Uh, not comedy, but uh, in, you know, impromptu. Uh, so if you have a testimony about your mom, we need you to do this on a microphone. So what we'll do is run it to you today instead of asking you to come forward. Anybody want to volunteer to uh, run a microphone around? Come on up, William, and uh, we'll let you do that. And uh, you got to wave your hand good so that William can see it. And what we want to hear is a testimony about uh, a mo- your mom or a mother figure in your life that uh, would have uh, been a blessing to you uh, somehow. So you can share that. Anybody wants to, who wants to go? Got to hurry quick because uh, I don't have a lot of time. Over here, all the way. We're going to run you. I hope the next one's on the other side. <laughs> David. Uh, well, I'm I'm very thankful for my mother, um, and one thing that I guess recently is that my mom, she's always looking to encourage people. Um, for yesterday, their time was Mother's Day, and as you know, a very difficult day for her. But she, I was talking with her this morning, and she was telling me how she went um, to the mall in the afternoon to get some gifts for. Uh, the pastor's wife to surprise her and just encourage her and it's just it's things like that that my mom just does you know when she's hurting she's just always encouraging other people and it just it just kind of blows my mind that she she does that and so i'm just i'm extremely thankful for my mom and just the love that she has anyone else wave your hand around make some noise because we got to get to you if you're going to get there My mom taught children for 57 years in the church. It, uh, it's awesome to be around and have people come up to me today, even still, and she's been gone for a while now, and tell me how much she blessed them or taught them or taught them and their children. So to have a legacy of a mother that taught children in the church and in school for 57 years, it's hard to compare. It's a hard one to live up to, but what a blessing she was for, well, she put up with us boys and dads, so that was a lot too, (laughs) but it was amazing to have a mother that served the Lord so much. All the way over here. Thank you, Brother Chuck. Appreciate that. He didn't say grandmother, but I do praise the Lord for my grandmother. My grandparents got saved first, and then led my mom to the Lord. And um, when my mom got saved before my dad did. Um, I was only five at the time, and um, my mom took us kids to church, but my dad wouldn't go. He'd go to the bars instead. But one night he came home at 3 in the morning from being out at the bars and found my mom's Bible laying on the kitchen table open, started reading it, and got convicted, called the pastor, and at 3 in the morning he went and got saved. And my dad led me to the Lord, but really my mother was instrumental in Getting our family to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Give you a chance to. On them. Jonathan's over here now. <laughs> By the way, we're celebrating Jonathan's college graduation tonight after the service. Kind of an impromptu thing as everybody realized hey, Jonathan's graduating and his family's in Guam, so uh, we're going to be celebrating that tonight. Very thankful for my mom as well. Um, it's interesting that I can't really get away with much 
with her. So I guess I'm kind of grateful she's all the way in Guam. But anyway, <laughs> it's interesting is that um, I, I, I called her earlier today, and I just kind of sniffed a little bit when I was on the phone, and she immediately asked me, is something wrong? Is something wrong with you? I said, no, Mom, it's just, it's just allergies. It's just this, that, and the other thing. And it's just part of who she is. Just the littlest thing, she gets immediately concerned about my well-being. And for the longest time, I'm a guy. It's like, oh, whatever, Mom. Just don't worry about it. You know, I don't have to eat my vegetables. I don't have to do this, that, or anything else. But I find myself in recent years doing things because I know it would please my mom if she were around. Like, uh, yes, I'll get salad. Yes, I'll eat my greens. Yes, I'll do all these things because I know it would make my mom happy. I know that it would please her. And that's ultimately why I do those things. It's, it's for mom because I love my mom. Amen. Anybody else? Matthew. Um, I guess I'll start out by saying I'm, I'm thankful for um, this church when we first started coming here 20 years ago, something like that. Um, there were a few uh, older ladies who um, really reached out to us. Uh, Miss Jean Bowen was one of them. Miss um, Patty Dennison was one of them. Um, and just really, um, especially being you know, teenagers at the time, it was just a, a pretty difficult transition. Um, it was just, um, just to see Christ through them it was just such a blessing for us. And then, of course, my mom, um, Scott talks about a bunch of boys and dad, and she's had to deal with that too. Um, and just everything that she's done for us um, from her work schedule and things like that, um, I'm just uh, I'm so thankful for her. Rob's got his own mic. You don't need to bring the mic back. That's the advantage of it being in the sound booth. I'm thankful for my mother. She uh, passed away about 12 years ago. And as a couple of you have already said, I think about what I do and how she would view it. She's a very godly lady. Um, She stood five foot two. She didn't take anything from anybody. She loved everyone. If you would have met her, she would have been your friend unless you picked on her boys. And then she was your worst nightmare. But I also appreciate my grandmother. She, she lived 250 miles away from us, so I only got to see her about once a month as I was growing up. But the thing that I can remember, we'd, we'd visit her on weekends, Saturday night, they lived on a farm, so you did all your chores. You came in, you ate dinner. After dinner, especially in the summertime, you went outside. And when we went outside, she sat down, she opened her Bible. She studied her Sunday school lesson. No one talked, no one said a word. For 30 minutes, that's what she did right after dinner. Then everything Opened up, we, we went out, we played, but for those 30 minutes, every Saturday night, I can remember her studying her Bible. And that had an influence on me, too. Farmers are busy, summertime, wintertime, all the time. But I, I just appreciate both my grandmother and my mother. 
Ms. Janet? I want to thank God for wonderful mother-in-laws. Well, you had a mother who was not up to the job and a mother-in-law who stepped in and always made you feel accepted and taught you to love the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ruth and Naomi. Anyone else? Miss Cindy? I'm thankful for all the ones that are elder or even just our age that step into our lives that become mothers when you need them. Uh, Pat Cassidy, all of you guys pretty much know her. She has been a mom to me since I was 18 and has helped guide me in Bible and doing that was right and knowing how to be a woman for God. And I'm thankful for that. Okay, take your Bibles and turn us to uh, Psalm 1. Thank you. You can just, yeah, take it back to the sound booth. Thank you. I appreciate that, William. So, um, this is this has all just come about this afternoon. So, um, I was talking to uh, Chuck Revolka this morning, and, and I'll share with you what we were talking about in just a moment. But his, his words were, you know, God is going to make us into a praying church yet. And... Um, it's true. So uh, a few weeks back, we had a, a really weird week. I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, in that one week, uh, you know, Chuck Revolka was diagnosed with cancer. Robert Murray was diagnosed with cancer. Um, uh, Adam was in a car wreck. Uh, Steve got a tumor on his lungs or whatever it is that's on your lungs. Um, Brian had the heart issue. I mean, and this is all in one week. I mean, it was like, wow, you know, it was just a, a crazy time for for us. And uh, that was added to people who were already battling cancer, Miss Andrea and Barney, and and um, so just things that are going on. And then, you know, some of our elderly are, are struggling right now. And, and so um, it was like, wow, it's just a, a week. Well, the week the, that week has just kind of continued on. So this morning, uh, and I've got permission to share this, but Chuck Maurer, uh, this last week, and he's been having some issues, you know, just losing his strength and different things. And so uh, the doctor said, I really think he had a stroke. And so they wanted to go in and do a CAT scan, and they discovered a tumor on his brain. And so uh, he goes tomorrow to find out what that's all about, and, and he's just trusting the Lord and all those kinds of things. So um, just a challenge for us, you know, we're a... Um, So we're a family here in many ways, and uh, many biblical ways, right? But, you know, when uh, when those these things happen, it just makes that impact on us. So, uh, you know, it just made me think, okay, God's going to make us into a praying church. And we've been really emphasizing the prayer thing. I really want you to pray for revival. And I'm just being honest. I'm not really content with you just saying, well, Pastor, I'm praying. I want you to jump into a prayer meeting there's something about corporate prayer that is unique that in the Scripture, right? The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, I think it is, when the church had gotten together, and it says, and when the people prayed, the house was shaken. I mean, there's just something unique uh, when God's people get together. Where two or three are gathered, there is the Lord in the midst. And uh, so I'm going to just keep pushing you toward those cottage prayer meetings. Our first one is a week from tomorrow. 
and uh, then we start having them pretty regularly until we get the revival. And I'm, I'm asking you all to bite the bullet and sign up for them. There's morning ones, there's evening ones, and just uh, let's do this. And we're, we're and just as, as Chuck mentioned this morning, God's giving us a lot of reasons to be praying. You know, so, um, th- you know, what I've discovered in being your pastor for almost 32 years is that... Um, is that it's that iceberg principle, right? If uh, I know about uh, 15 things that are going on in people's lives, there's 150 things under the surface that I never know anything about. Some people just, they, they, they would rather their business be their business and they don't, even in a, in a tight-knit church like we are, uh, they just don't want it to be shared. Or they just feel like, you know, there's more pressing things and so let's just let it go, Right. Uh, by the way, I think in that same week period, John, it was right around that time John broke his foot. I mean, I mean it, it was just a, it was a weird, a weird like week and a half for us that um, we don't always have. So one of the things as we've walked through prayer, one of the things that, that we've um, heard spoken but maybe never studied out is we've heard people say to pray through the Psalms. Have you ever heard that phrase, to pray through the Psalms? And what I want to do is just walk you through two or three of the psalms this morning or this, this evening. And uh, I'm aware of the time, and we've got something going on after church. But um, to show you how this kind of works, all right, that what, it, what it actually means when we say, let's pray through the psalms. Because, it's, you know, it's like uh, sometimes some of, the, some of them lay out very nicely because they're prayers, right? They are automatically prayers. And so we can say, okay, I can pray through that psalm. It's a prayer. Uh, but praying through the Psalms doesn't necessarily mean that you're only focusing on the ones that are prayers, that, that you're going to make the Psalms become your prayer topic. So we're going to start in chapter 1. We're going to just work ourselves through the first uh, uh, couple, three Psalms here, and, uh, and we're not going to uh, try to elaborate on this, just show you how this could be done. Uh, as we're having our prayer meetings, you know, some people are like, they just get nervous about praying in public and, you know... Um, you don't, I don't know if you're aware in the cottage prayer meetings, it's just small groups of people. And, and I'm just going to tell you, honestly, if you say, I don't want to pray out loud, nobody's going to put pressure on you, nobody's going to feel, you know, make you feel awkward. You're just there to participate in the prayer time. You can pray. And we have a God who, who, uh, who looks at the thoughts and intents of our heart, right? Isn't that wonderful that we have that kind of a God? And so he can, he can deal with those. So we're in Psalm 1. And uh, let's just kind of walk through a couple, three verses here in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, but sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Okay? Make that into a prayer for me. Somebody tell me, how would that prayer sound? Miss Cindy. Blessed the men in our life that they walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinner, but This is what I like about this, because I, I would not have taken it that direction at all, because I'm taking it more personal. She is taking it from the perspective of a wife and, and saying, let's ask God to make this the men in our lives, right? Ladies, to ask God to make your husband a blessed man so that he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the sea. That would have made it more personal for me. Just, Lord, make me that person. Make me the pastor that does not do the... I want to be, I want to be blessed by God. And in order to do that, I need to, this is the first part, it's the negative, right? The first verse is the negative. God, don't let me be that person that walks in the counsel of the ungodly, stands away, as soon as says, he's scornful. 
Then we go on to verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he, verse 3, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So turn that into a prayer for me. What, how would that sound like in a prayer? Don't make this hard. Your word. God, let me love your word. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Somebody asked me once, Pastor, I want to love God's word, but I struggle. I just have to be honest, Pastor. I start reading it, and I, I'm not drawn to it. And how do, I, how do I get to that place? Well, it starts with asking God to give you that love and passion for it. And then I always liken it unto food, uh, because the Bible is food, right? It's food for the soul. And so I liken it to food. Let's, you know, guess what? The first time you tried one food, you may not have liked it. Maybe not even the second time or third time, but eventually it wasn't so bad. And eventually now you're eating salad. And it's not just because mom says. It's because... I actually like salad. Wow, what happened to this? Well, the more I've eaten it, the more I've gotten accustomed to it, the more I got accustomed to it, the more I started liking it, the more I started liking it, the more I started desiring it. And before you know it, it's, it's like actually on your menu, right? I'll take a salad and, you know, it's that kind of thing. And so that's the way the Word of God is. God, give me a delight for your Word and help me to meditate, God, in your Word day and night. Um, these are big things that uh, we would ask God for, right? And, and uh, he should be like a tree plant by the rivers of water, bring forth his fruit in the season, leaf ulcers not wither, and whatsoever you do, should prosper. I don't have time to walk through all of this, but God, make me that tree, right? I want to be the tree in my family that never stops bearing fruit from God's word. His leaf ulcers are not wither, and whatsoever. I don't want my Christian life, in, I, don't, I don't want the impact I'm leaving on my family to be like this. I know that we all are going to have the ups and downs, but I want the ups to be you know, greater and the downs to be smaller, and I want to be going this direction. I don't want it to be like seasons of unfruitfulness. Wouldn't that be awful to be that, that kind of dad, uh, to be that kind of husband, to be that kind of pastor, where there's seasons of unfruitfulness? God, make me the tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth this fruit in a season leaf doesn't wither, and whatsoever it does to prosper. That's my prayer. Um, go down to verse uh, chapter three. I'm sorry. Go down to chapter three. Let's walk yourself walk us through another one here. This one is, uh, you know, this is, of course is David, you know, getting in, you know, in battle with his son. Not really in battle, but you know, his son is wanting to take over the kingdom, Absalom, and and David's writing. But but the reality is, we could put this in in any context, and it still works. It may be the context of that there's people that are uh, just you know, right now into your business in ways that it's just uh, it's a challenge for you. And it could be just the troubles of this life. But listen to how David prays it. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. You ever had those times in your life when it was like that? And uh, what we, you know, let's, let's turn to the Word and let's let the Word then guide us in this prayer. This could be your prayer. It could be the things that are troubling you might be your health issues, the things that are troubling you might be finances, the things that are troubling you might be people that are trying to, uh, to give you, cause you trouble, but they're, they're increased and, and they're rising up against you. Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. Have you ever felt like you're beyond God's help? I mean, literally what that line is saying is, even God can't help that person. You ever felt like you were that person? Uh, that's the time you'd want to jump into this psalm. But thou, O Lord, verse 3, art a shield for me, my glory, 
and the lifter up of mine head. So the next time you find yourself discouraged and, you know, maybe uh, even depressed and all those things, and you're like, I can't take the pressure of this life. How are they increased against me? You get to verse 3, and you remind yourself of who God is. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. And I'm going to tell you, reading these things and reading them out loud as if they are your cry to God will change the way you see that truth. Does God lift up your head? You ever had God lift your head up out of the midst of some trial and difficulty? He does. And he'll do that for us. But when we verbalize that, it just it changes the, the, the concept that we have of God. Um, remember when we went through the P-R-A-Y? The P stood for praise. And that, I, I said to you back then, I'm going to say it again, it's one of the hardest things that we do, or that, quite honestly, we, we often don't do. Because praise is telling God what God already knows about himself. Does God know that he's the lifter up of, of David's head? Does God know that he's David's shield? Does God know that he's David's glory? God knows that, right? It's not like, it's not like God, David's teaching God anything, right? God already knows this. God's like, of course, I've been doing that for you all along, right? That's the point. But when David verbalizes it in praise as he's telling God who God is to him, all of a sudden, David's view of verses 1 and 2, Lord, how are they increased? Many there be which save my soul, there's no help for him. And all of a sudden, when David looks to God and says, but God, you're the one that lifts me up. You're my shield. You're my glory. All of a sudden, the, the, his, his uh, thoughts of verses 1 and 2 start diminishing because David's being drawn to the God who he is. Who he is. I cried unto the Lord my voice, verse 4, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Salah. Stop and think about that. I, lay, I love this. Because, by the way, this is where... There's, does this sound familiar to me, to you? I laid me down and slept. Does that sound familiar? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I wait for the Lord should, for the Lord sustain me. Right? I mean... Think about that, that's, that little poem prayer that we teach the little kids right here. It is. And here's David praying this to God. He says, moments ago, I was in distress. Moments ago, I was overwhelmed with life. Moments ago, everything was against me. But now that I've uttered who you are and reminded my soul of it, the next thing David says is, I laid me down and slept. And the Lord sustained me. What do we call that in New Testament words? Peace. Not just peace, but peace that passes all understanding. That's what we call that in, in New Testament economy, right? So here we are, now New Testament Christians. Does this still hold true for us? Absolutely. Are you overwhelmed with life? Begin to pray through the Psalms. Let's let God do something. I will not be afraid. He, I love this. I mean, look at verse 1. Lord, how are they increased? Many would say, David begins to praise God. He lays down and sleeps, and when he gets up, after the Lord has sustained him, he is a totally different in the frame of mind. Look at verse 6. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. I mean, in verse 1, verse 2, it's like, I can't take it. In verse 6, bring it on. You know, I mean, I'm not even afraid of any of those things. It's, the, it's that change of perspective. Um, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. 
For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, and hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Thy blessings, blessing is upon thy people. Stop and think about that. That's a lot. Pause and ponder. Stop and think about it. Go on to verse chapter 4. Let me show you uh, another one. Hear me when I cry, or I'm sorry, when I call, O God of my righteousness. And then he uses this. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. What does that mean? Thou hast enlarged me. What do you think? Anybody have any idea? What you th- Say it again. Okay. It, it literally, yeah, he, our, in modern day terminology, we would say God has stretched us. Right? It literally, it, it, it's the, it means to open wide. God has opened us up. God has enlarged us. It doesn't mean we've gained weight or anything. Just, God has enlarged us. Through the distresses of life, when when we're going through difficulties, God uses that to stretch us and to enlarge us, to make us more capable of service and more capable of withholding his blessing, of holding on to his blessing. Um, One of the, I I didn't think about this until right now, so I don't have the illustration here, but if I had a coffee cup and a 64-ounce mug sitting up here, right, uh, I would fill up the coffee cup to the brim, of course, because I love coffee, and I would fill it up, and then I would fill up the 64-ounce mug to the brim, and they're both, we would say, they're both full. But one of them is more full than the other. Not really, right? But one of them has been enlarged. One of them has been stretched. And as we go through distresses, God uses those distresses to enlarge us. And then we go to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 4, and it says, These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. See, as God stretches us, then His gifts to us become greater. And it's a great, it's a great plan that God's done. So He puts these distresses into our lives to enlarge us, to stretch us, to make us more capable of the things that he wants for us and, and the blessings that he has for us. Um, you know, God wants us to be full, but one guy is more full because he's been stretched. Uh, he's been enlarged. And uh, he says, have mercy and hear my prayer. Uh, oh, ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing and salah? But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself, the Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your heart on your own, upon your bed. As we're reading through these things, turning them into a prayer. God, here's, here's the understanding of it. I'm going to pray through the Psalms. And, and I'm, I'm bringing this up because I do believe that the last several months, through the preaching that God has laid on, on my heart and just through the circumstances of our lives, God is saying to Southeast Baptists, we need to pray. In fact, here's what the Bible says, men ought always to pray. Right? Men ought always to pray. And the idea of the always is this. We often, we often pray because we're in great need. Right? We're like David here. Lord, I'm in distress. Lord, have mercy upon me. And we're in great need. But God's is telling us we ought not to be waiting until we're in great need to, to pray. We ought always to pray. And so I'm just 
I mean, when Brother Chuck said that to me this morning, I thought, you know, I, I need to share this with, with us. Um, obviously, God's driving us to our knees. One way or another, he's going to get us there, right? And uh, his desire is that we would, that we would do this without being forced, right? I mean, Jesus could force us, but Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. His desire is that we're responding to him out of love. And so waiting for life to drive us to our knees is missing out on the great blessings that God has for us. So Southeast, I don't know. I I don't know. We're just reminded again today that we need to be praying. For one another. Um, now, this is always a dangerous time because you know, I get to these points. This this day is a rough day for two reasons. One, it's Mother's Day, and I'm always tender on Mother's Day. And one is because we just had a mother's banquet, and you know, I, I started Thursday morning, and I have literally am going on about four hours of sleep a night from Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I had a work day yesterday. I'm, I'm tired. There's no question that I'm physically tired. But And so I want to be careful that I'm not just being emotional. You understand that I'm not just being emotional because I'm tired and, and it's Mother's Day and I miss my mom. And So my mom died, by the way, uh, in 2007, 30 years to the day that the Lord had called me into full-time ministry. So it was just, that was a special time, actually. So, And we were, I don't know if you guys remember this, but some of you were around, we were in revival with Jerry Savinsky, and uh, and my mom died on that Tuesday, so uh, of revival. So, you know, it uh, it is what it is. So, uh, so it's just a, I'm I'm always I'm always a little bit uh, emotional on this day, anyway. But I don't think this is emotion. I'm just being honest with you. If this was emotion, it wouldn't have been because I mean, it would be because of this moment. But this is God has been working on our church for weeks now, saying, Southeast Baptists, pray for one another. You know, we go back even a few more weeks and we have the death of Caleb, which was shocking to all of us. And um, God's trying to, you know, he's saying to Southeast Baptists, it's time to pray. So I'm going to encourage you one more time. Let's pray. Um, I know, I know you, many of you pray for us, and I appreciate that. But I'm saying let's pray in ways that we haven't done before. Describe a way, real quickly, I've got three minutes. Describe a way that God tells us to pray. What's the way God tells us to pray? Fervently. Fervently and without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Miss Cindy, is that what you're going to say? Pray for those who have authority over it. Pray for the lost and pray for laborers to come into the harvest, right? Because there's the harvest is white and ready to be harvested, right? White in the harvest. Pray in faith, believing. Persistent. Be, let's be... We don't give up. It's that importune is that word that's used. So we are to have importune prayers, which means we don't give up. And so the example that was given is that lady that's knocking on the door. And she's like, I'm not going away until you answer. And the Bible literally says, finally, 
the uh, the master of the house will just come to the door because of it almost says the word annoyance, but it doesn't. But the idea is, you know, the word is, I'm not giving up. And that's the way God wants us to pray. Skeet? Yes, Skeet is an answer to prayer. We've been praying for that back of yours for way too long. And praise the Lord, he's off the machine now. And uh, he was out here riding around on a, on a tractor all day yesterday as we had a work day. So that was a great time. Lifting up holy hands. Uh, we could keep going. You get the idea. God, Southeast Baptist, God wants us to be praying. And um, I'm not sure God's going to let us go until we start doing this right. You know, he's, he's constantly giving us reasons to be praying. And I think the reasons are going to keep coming till we figure out how to be on our knees in the right way. And I don't mean that as a rebuke. I, it, everything starts with leadership, right? It all starts right here. And so it's, uh, it's all of us to, to get this figured out. Let's be people of prayer. So we're going to pray, and we'll ask the Lord to uh, bless the fellowship that's going to be afterwards. And you're all invited to go celebrate with Jonathan as he's... What degree did you get, Jonathan? Your bachelor's in Bible, or what was the... What was, in evangelism. And that's his heart's desire to be in evangelism, so... He says just because he's not finished yet. He wants to go on and get his master's, and David's working on his master's. So David got part of his master's. I'm going to say it that way. Uh, you, he's, he's working for an MDiv. Along the way to the path of MDiv, there's a couple of other masters that are less than what an MDiv is, a master of divinity. It's uh, 96 hours, I think it is, for master of divinity. So it's a, it's a big chunk. So he, he earned a master's this last this year, uh, but... It's not his final goal, so he doesn't count himself as graduated yet. He's, he wants to uh, get onto that end of So, all right. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Yet again, our hearts are broken for another one of our company. And thank you, Brother Chuck, and pray that you would uh, be with him and Brenda. Give the doctors wisdom as they figure out what this tumor is and. Uh, just give them a piece of passive understanding. We have revival coming up, and God, I pray that you would prepare this preacher's heart for the messages you have. Use this revival to draw me closer to you than I've ever been. To do a work in my heart that I've never known you to do. God, as a church, we come to you as a needy people and pray that you would... Uh, just do that work that causes us to know you better, to love you more, to trust you more fully. Thank you for the opportunity we have to bring our petitions to you and be confident that you hear them and that you respond to them. We ask that you would bless our fellowship tonight after the service here with around Jonathan and his graduation. Thank you for that. And just ask that you would uh, dismiss us with your blessing. And we will thank and praise you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The invitation is not here. It's what we do with it from here. Okay? Home, praying, signing up. Let's get, let's get on our knees and let's be a praying church. The Lord bless you. Keep you. Make His face shine upon you. Give you peace. You are dismissed. God bless you.